0: You're listening to Campus Review Radio. Hi, I'm Wade Zaglis, the Education Editor for Campus Review. According to ANU experts, deaths from climate change have been substantially underreported in Australia's national health records. Indeed, the research contends that deaths attributed to natural health is at least 50 times more than what is officially published on death certificates. Recently published in the Lancet Planetary Health, figures show that over the past 11 years, 340 deaths in Australia are recorded as being due to excessive heat. But a more in-depth statistically, uh, statistical analysis has dwarfed that figure finding 36,475 deaths could have been attributed to excessive heat brought on by climate change. Climate change is a killer, but we don't acknowledge it on death certificates, co-author of the study, Dr. Anna Greta Hunter from the ANU Medical Center said. Campus, interview, a campus Review interviewed Dr. Hunter about this terrible, yet some would say predictable revelation that is climate change, Dr. Hunter. Why do you think that the medical fraternity has been uneasy to make such a direct link by attributing climate change to deaths?
1: Well, thanks very much for interviewing me today. It's it's a really interesting topic that we've started to discuss. I think the medical fraternity has, I think, longest long understood that environment will determine or elements of the environment will determine health and well-being of our patients. Um, we, when we look at uh, the practice of medicine, we all understand the biology of medicine and we're very good at framing what occurs to people through the context of uh, diagnoses, things like heart disease and lung disease and certainly we're, we're not arguing that that be removed. Those things are really important and central parts of how we evaluate health data. But we also have appreciated particularly in the last 20 years that there are other determinants that influence health and wellbeing and so there's a tremendous literature on the social determinants of health and the fact that where you live and how much education you have, how much money you have, who you live with, what sort of work you do, where, uh, these things will all have an influence on your health and well wellbeing uh, and in fact we collect that in our health data What we don't collect in health data in Australia and what we think really needs to be looked at is these environmental determinants of health. And and it's not all just about climate change, it's simply about the fact that some of the environmental factors that we live with influence health and well-being. And that includes issues like heat, it includes issues like floods and drought, Uh, it includes problems with cold. I think it's interesting if you go to the Australian Institute of Health and Welfare database and you look at the way in which Australian health data is collected and collated. It's an extraordinary repository, and you can find out, you know, the rates of heart disease and different cancers and different forms of treatment and hospitalisations and all sorts of amazing data across the Australian healthcare se- sector. If you're talking to a population of people who live in rural Australia. I think they would many of them would be very surprised to know that there's very little analysis done on drought. So if you put drought or heat events into that database, very little data comes up. And really that's the crux of our argument in terms of the analysis that we've got is that some of these environmental factors have a profound effect on our health and well-being. And I'm linking it back to climate change, as temperatures rise, and that's particularly a problem in Northern Australia, but as we see temperatures rise, we may see a really significant mortality effect uh, of that for our populations who are living under those circumstances.
0: You say that climate change is the single greatest health threat that we face globally, even after we recover from coronavirus. Can you elaborate on that?
1: Absolutely, and so coronavirus has been a, a tremendous shock, the absolutely devastating infection, and particularly in parts of the world where the infection's gone un, in an uncontrolled manner. You know, the, the stories and the, the understanding of the depth of human suffering, I absolutely acknowledge this. When we look at climate change, it's more of a rather than an acute event where we've got rapid dissemination of disease like we see with the pandemic. Climate change is more of a slow boiling situation. Mm-hmm. What we can see from the, the climate scientists and what we've already seen across the world is that climate change mediated events are affecting human lives. There's good research that shows that, it, that climate change began to impact on human health and well-being probably 20 years ago, and that that has increased in frequency. Now there's always debate about attributing one particular extreme weather event to climate change or not, but the climate change footprint into extreme weather events is becoming larger and larger as, as the CO2 levels rise. And so we're really beginning to see quite a profound effect from this. And the modelling of the numbers of lives that will be affected in some way, so through sea level rise or through an increasingly hostile, hot environment to live in, uh, we're looking at hundreds of millions of people affected and potentially even billions of people over the next 100 years. Wow. And that's the difference to coronavirus. Coronavirus is, has affected 5 million people around the world and that's an extraordinary number. And obviously the effects from the pandemic have affected almost every person living on, on the planet. And so that's also a really profound effect. Uh, and uh, you know, I, I don't, don't think it's always fair to compare one crisis against the other but the magnitude of the the numbers of people whose lives will be affected by the increasingly warming planet are immense. And so, again, appreciating this dynamic between the world that we live on, the physical spaces that we enjoy, and the increasing temperature uh, having an an impact on our capacity to enjoy living on Earth, uh, I think we better get an understanding
0: of that. This new analysis has put Australia's heat related mortality around 2%, how does that compare with other developed and developing countries around the world?
1: This is one of the issues is that uh, we haven't looked at it in great detail in anywhere around the world. What our analysis does is compares quite reasonably with the the limited number of research papers that have been done in Australia beforehand. And there's been research out of Brisbane a few years ago that showed a significant change in mortality over summer periods that were hotter. And that's not just the short-term heatwave effect. And so heatwaves have been shown to have a mortality effect for a long time. But in fact, a significant trend. So if your summer is hotter overall, that there's a mortality effect for your population of patients who are over 65 resonating into the years afterwards. And so I think our analysis fits in nicely to some of the research that's been done before. But this disconnection between the natural environment and our health data is not just an Australian issue, it's actually dominant around the world. And so I think we all need to understand more about the dynamics of, uh, of, of temperature. Uh, it's part of what our group is doing. We've got some international collaboration uh, on board. We suspect that there will be different mortality dynamics in different climates, and so variables of, of humidity, overnight temperatures. It, it's a fairly complicated area. Um, and so we're really hoping that we can inform um, particularly the risks to do with very hot temperatures in the Australian context, uh, in the next year or so.
0: And finally, to the big issue, the research paper also recommends that uh, death certification needs to change to include large-scale environmental events. Can you elaborate on this?
1: Uh, I, I think I'd probably frame it that I w- what I would really, I would really like to see a better acknowledgement of environmental determinants of health in our health data. What do I mean by that? So I'm living here in Canberra and I lived through an absolutely shocking summer, which started around November and finished around February, during which we had a very protracted period of hazardous air pollution from the bushfire smoke, during which we had some of the hottest temperatures that have ever been recorded. And what I know, because I work in the hospitals here, is that the health data that we we routinely gather over that period does not reflect these environmental factors that were were influencing health and well-being. So I I was looking after people in hospital and I know that the heat and the bushfires and the smoke all had an influence on our, at least on our psychological state, if not on our physical health. And so what I would really like to see and what our group is really advocating for is a better understanding of the dynamics between the environmental factors and our human health. Death certificates are complex, and so death certificates will always reflect the thing that's actually caused the loss of life, and so again, I'm a, I'm a cardiologist, and so the most common thing to write on a death certificate is that they, someone's died from a cardiac arrest or they've, they've died when their heart stopped, and so that's describing the biology of the actual process of dying. Death certificates also allow you to have other causes, so things like heart failure or lung disease. You can comment on issues to do with tobacco use and alcohol and other drugs. There's not a lot of space on a death certificate to talk about the social determinants of health that I mentioned. And so I think the role for collecting environmental data and collecting um, the, the social determinant data really comes from in the hospital data. But I know that there is going to be a population of people, particularly on the south coast and and on the the broader east coast of Australia, there'll be people who passed away over this January uh, and February period where their death was made so much more likely by their exposure to air pollution from the bushfire smoke or to direct exposure to bushfire. And so that health data really needs to be captured. We need to have a much better understanding. And it's it's partly it's an acknowledgement for the families and for the friends of those people who've died, but also for us to then reflect in in our health services and in our health approach, what the magnitude of the potential risks are involved with extreme weather events and involved potentially with climate change.
0: Absolutely. And then you can you know, yeah, give recommendations to the public appropriately. Yeah.
1: That's right. So we, we only know what we look for And really, what we're putting forward here is is asking doctors, asking healthcare professionals, asking health services, asking our health policy makers to better understand and appreciate this dynamic, which we all know. And I I think, again, if we think about this just on a human level, that we all know that we're influenced by the weather and their circumstances around us. We know that air pollution makes a difference to our quality of life, and there's great data on that influencing our longevity. We should get that into our health data. We need to have that into our health data as soon as we can, particularly in the dynamics of climate change uh, as the world gets warmer.
0: Well, doctor Greta Arnegretta-Hunter from ANU, thank you so much for speaking to Campus Review.
1: Thank you so much for your time, Wade. Thank you. Anytime.